Hey, well, welcome to ICU Talks podcast. Here, voices, you are about to hear an extraordinary, and I, I mean that, an extraordinary 16-year-old young lady named Kara Engel. She is about to just give it all on the stage. It's an excellent 10 minutes. And as you're listening, remember, she's 16 and her parents are sitting in the audience. Think about that for a second, but be blessed with what you're about to hear. Isolation, confusion, and grief. These were the three strongest emotions of my childhood. Since before I was born, up to age nine, my dad was deployed in the army. He was gone anywhere from six months to one year. And overall, he has missed out on over six years of my life. He was serving our country in Iraq, Afghanistan, Central America, and other war-torn places. I grew up in Davidson, NC, and it's not near a military base, and we have no extended family here. That left my mom to raise me and my brother, Zach, who was two years older than me, on her own. My brother, Zach, was struggling when my father was gone. He sometimes would get in fits, and it sometimes got so bad that neighbors would have to come over, and I would just stay at their house because I needed a safe place. And it taught me independence and self-reliance at a very young age, probably around age two on. I knew how to rely on myself, and I kind of had this identity that other kids did not. Um, and up into fifth grade, my experience with church and God was through sporadic visits to Catholic Mass, and what I knew about that is I had two days off of school, and on one of those days, I had to wear a dress, and it was uncomfortable. I had to sit in a wooden pew, which was also uncomfortable. I liked my bed, but I got to take a nap for an hour, so that was a really nice nap. Um... So I didn't really know who or what God was. It was just something somebody would talk about as I slept. (laughs) In sixth grade, a lot of stuff changed. My dad was finally home, and I was able to get to know him, and I was able to spend time with him. Um, We also started going to a modern Christian church because my parents were like, hey, let's make sure our kids stay awake. Maybe loud music. It worked. Good job. My parents are over there. <laughs> Just, um, but some bad things happened too. I lost my uncle AJ due to suicide. He was 31 years old. I'm actually, I have his cross in my pocket right now, so he's here with me. And um, I also was experiencing bullying because I was different. And I kind of led me to believe I could only trust myself that I couldn't fit in, that I didn't want to fit in, and that I had to stay independent and reliant in order to survive. And through that, I shied away from God too. I shied away for a few reasons. One, even though my parents tried valiantly, I still didn't really have a strong relationship. I still didn't really view it or view him as love. And also because in the news and in other places, people were using God as an excuse to hate. And that's all I saw. People were 
just saying, God leads me to do these things, and they weren't good things. And also, the people who bullied me, some of them are religious. So I'm like, well, if they like God, like, I mean, like, why should I? Because look at what they're doing. Um, and that, the isolation and my refusal to be myself, I decided, hey, everyone's trying to fit in, so let me try and fit out. Dark clothes, rock music, still like the 80s music though, and um, like dark lipstick, dark makeup, like everything I could do just to say, look at me, I'm different. And it led to depression, it led to anxiety, panic attacks, suicidal thoughts and ideations, and also self-harming. At 11 years old, I was taking razor blades to my skin just because I felt that I needed to feel something, that I needed to be in control, and because I have numbed myself to the world so completely, I needed to feel. And this phase and this darkness and this isolation led up into ninth grade. And in ninth grade, on September 13, 2017, I almost committed suicide. Um, I was 14 years old at the time. I, it was a Wednesday night, and I remember just having a knife to my wrist and just like being ready to die. I was ready to accept that. And as a last ditch effort, it was like, God, I don't know who you are, I don't know what you are. Like, your home was a nice place to take a nap in, that's what I knew, but give me a reason to live. One thing. And I remember earlier that night, I was working out, because that's just what I do, and my workout instructor was like, Kara, will I see you tomorrow? And I said yes. I was kind of lying, and it was the same mumbled yes that we often use when we want to say no, but we decide not to. And she's like, look me in the eye. No, she was five feet tall. Even at 14, I was still towering over her, but she was like, no, look me in the eye. Um, are you going to be here tomorrow? And I said yes. Didn't really mean it still, but at that night, it reminded me that somebody wanted to see me tomorrow, that I was here and that somebody truly wanted to see me, that I made a difference, I made an impact, and I believe that God saved me through my workout instructor. It wasn't exactly a turnaround moment. Went to counseling, I was still struggling, and even today, I have good days and I have bad days. Days where I fall down, where I feel like, why should I get up again? But what I realized then and what I realize now makes it so I can continue getting up. Because I initially thought of God as some physical being, kind of separate from us, like a human being that just no one can see. But that's not true. I realized that God flows through all of us because he is love and he is connectivity. And I came across Psalms 46.10 and said, be still and know that I am with you. And for that, like, that changed my life. But I realized by cutting myself off to others, I was truly just cutting myself off from God. And that God isn't just a being, he is the being. 
the being which flows through all of us and which impacts all of us. He uses others to connect us to the divine presence. Um, and that connection is really important, especially I came across a fact and the easiest way to determine somebody's life expectancy is through their social connection. When I heard that, I was like, crap, like, <laughs> that might not be a good thing, like, I finally got to the point where I want to live and I want to survive, but probably need to start relying on others. Uh, and I did, slowly, really slowly. I, friends, and I stopped trying to stand out. I started trying to become my authentic self. And yes, my authentic self didn't fit in, but it didn't have to. None of our authentic selves fit in, but it allows us to be who we are and it allows God to work through us. And through my strength and through my struggle, I've just wanted to make a difference. And this was, almost, this was a little more than two years ago, like two years and four days ago, that I was in my darkest moments. And during those two years, I've done some pretty cool things. I got my third degree black belt. I've flown a plane. That was fun. Um, I've ridden in a helicopter, but I've also made impacts on others. Those were things that impacted me and that God used to help me, but I, he also helped me help others. I worked with my senator, Natasha Marcus, in order to stop the funding of conversion therapy, and I'm happy to say that happened in August. Um, yeah. I have spoken on the news, on WBTV news, about mental health, and it was a little nerve-wracking. Um, and I met Bob Saget, didn't know who he was, but I have a picture with him. <laughs> I have proof. Um, and then I've also created my business and my nonprofit to educate teenagers about mental health and the importance of connection, because we can't do things alone. Things aren't done alone. And God is here at eye level. And he has taken and continues to take my struggles and your struggles and turn it into our strengths. My three words used to be isolation, confusion, and grief. Now they are connectivity, love, and strength. Thanks. <laughs>